0: Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage, here with my trusted co-host, Coach Manchy. Coach, how are we doing? We got the uh championship weekend here in the NFL. We got some big games. We got some injuries that are gonna play uh into effect here. What are your what are your thoughts going into these games? These are these are huge games here.
1: I love this time of the year because you know, these are to go to the big dance, you know, to go to that big Super Bowl. So I'll be uh, watching those. I know we'll be rooting for the Bengals. You know, people are asking coach me, Jose. hey, Coach, hey coach who, who do you think? And, you know, we had such an incredible trip out in Cincinnati and Coach Bozay and his staff, just the way they treated us and everything else. And then what really impressed me, Brian, with that trip that we took is when Joey Burrow had his appendix out there yeah, and, and he wasn't practicing. He was on that golf cart. And he was coaching his teammates up at yeah. practice. And we were all like, wow. I mean, this guy didn't have to do anything, but just sit there. Right, And he was taking that golf cart around. Remember that? Yeah, And he is coaching up the other quarterbacks and, and he is, you know, making sure he's high-fiving guys. And, and, and that really impressed me about his leadership.
0: Well, I think it just speaks to the reason he's so successful, right? He's completely bought in all the time. Send out a little little shout out to the Queen Bee, Laura Phelps. She's a huge yes. Bengals fan. We we message usually on Sundays about the Bengals. So she is she's ultra excited to see her Bengals go back to the Super Bowl and, and another the NFC game is going to be awesome, right? You got what a great story too with Jalen Hurts, right? Let's just talk about him for a minute. Dean guy who gets replaced in the national championship game, um in, in college you know loses his starting job and then comes back able to help you know Alabama win more games more championships and now he's you know in in my opinion he's the NFL MVP this year i mean he's the most valuable to his team um and he's sitting there a game away from the super bowl and it just goes to show athletes that you got to just stick with it you got to keep doing what you can to get better you got to keep doing what you can to help the team um, and you always got to be ready. I mean, and that, you know, we could talk about Chad Henney from the, you know, with the Chiefs. You know, Patrick Mahomes goes down, you know, Chad Henney comes in, leads the team on a 98-yard drive, to sc- which was probably the drive of the game that separated them from the Bills. And so great messages for our athletes out there. You always have to be ready. You never know when you're going to be the next guy, and you never know when you're going to get another chance. to to perform and step up. And you never know when that second or third chance is going to be the difference maker of maybe if you're a high school kid going to play in college, or if you're a college athlete, maybe that's the shot you get that someone recognizes you and said, Hey, we're going to give you a shot and bring you into training camp.
1: And what about Brock Purdy? Oh, what an interesting story that is. And uh, you know, that Cinderella situation he's in. So I'll I'll tell you, Brian, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go with the Eagles and the Bengals to, for the Super Bowl. Who do you got?
0: Oh man, it's really hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes. Um, yes, but I, I, I tell you what, that Joe Burrow's got something special. Um, you know, so we'll be cheering for the Bengals. I, I think they're gonna get it done again uh, in It'll Arrowhead. Be four
1: times, Coach. Four That'll times in a row. row.
0: They got their number. You know, but I'm I really like. San Francisco, I think, because I live by the old adage, defense wins championships. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to find a way to score just enough points uh, to get it done in Philadelphia, which is, as we know, you know, those West Coast teams playing, you know, in the sun all the time, you know, you go play and that that hostile, that Philadelphia crowd now, that's probably worth three to seven points for the Eagles right there. Um, but that's who I got. Who do you think Coach Mangan's got? That
1: guy. Oh, I know he's going with the Bengals because again yeah. he was so impressed with Burrow and 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 all the Bengals and their coaches and, and just how they how they go about their business. So I know he's going to go Bengals for sure. Um, I think he's a big Jalen Hurts fan. I could be yeah. wrong, but um, you know Jalen. A lot of people didn't think he could do it when he came in the league. Right? Or maybe they're going to move him to a different position, and um, he just seems like such an incredible leader. And I just. His maturity for his age and how he works at locker room and like you said, I think he's definitely worth uh, being that MVP.
0: Yeah. How are the Fox Valley throws going? You guys got throws right now
1: really good, Brian. Yeah. Yes, we got some a lot of uh, people that have already been in the club that joined up again for the winter sessions, and we also got some new people that are really bringing a lot of quality and they're working extremely hard and they're so excited to get going for the spring sports and. In Wisconsin track starts on March 6th already.
0: And we got the Wisconsin track clinic coming up on, I believe it's February 3rd that I get to speak at um, for our listeners that are listening there. I may have a special guest coming with me. I'll just let you know that I'm not going to say who it is, but um, there's, there's a good chance that I'm going to have a a former uh, Wisconsin thrower um, state, you know, guy, guy that threw in the state of Wisconsin also was a, He was a pretty decent football player, you know, I think. I think we'll find out how good of a football player he was the weekend of the Super Bowl, but um, there's a good chance that that guy may be joining me for, for my presentation.
1: And also, Coach Ebo, who was a guest on our podcast, Brian, who was the Auburn University track and field throws coach, he will be speaking as well. And then another guy, Coach Delzer, I know listens to our podcast as well he is the Carol throws coach and yeah. he was an athlete under coach Ebel. So um, quick shout out to my man, Brandon Hool. Brandon Hull is an athlete of mine at Oshkosh North and he will be inducted into the uh, Oshkosh North high school athletic hall of fame this coming Friday as well, when uh, we'll be at the track clinic. So a uh, huge accomplishment, Brandon, it was a yeah, huge congrats, Brandon. And I'm glad I, I was his coach in high school, and not only did he learn from me, but I learned a tremendous amount for uh, for Brandon as well. So congratulations, Brandon.
0: Well, that's awesome. And one thing I want to drop to February 15th, it's a Wednesday evening. Um, we're going to be having an open house slash meet and greet at our Sports Advantage Oconomowoc. Uh, for, for the media, the media will be there between 530 and six. Um, to conduct interviews with with some of the players. We'll have Ryan Groy, Joe Thomas, Rob Havenstein. will all be there. Uh, there will probably be a couple other NFL players there as well as other professional athletes. Uh, from 6 to 7, there will be a meet and greet where you have photo ops uh, with some of these guys. But you can also talk with myself, uh, our director, Tyler Leonard, and some of our other trainers about uh, our programs, what we do. You can get signed up right there. Uh, we'll have some great promotions uh, for our memberships, for our session packages, uh, by purchasing those, you also receive a prize that, you know, we'll be in, you know, we'll share that night. Um, and then at seven o'clock, we'll have what's called introduction to sports advantage, where we will have a couple of the, uh, people from the community will, will speak as well as some of the members of the dockhounds, the, the Lake country dockhounds, uh, staff will be there. that uh, we'll have, uh, food will be available, um as well as uh refreshments and things like that and then we're just kind of going to go through it so you can get to hear from some of those guys as to why they feel sports advantage um is a great option for your kids so that's going to be a great event february 15th um the doors will open at six. First hour will kind of be an open house meet and greet uh, and then at seven o'clock the official program will start dog i just up? might
1: have to get my car and drive down for that one I'll tell you that. That sounds like a heck of a deal and incredible, incredible athletes there. And I know your program, Brian, and your and your business is, is doing tremendous thing to help all athletes. And they should definitely take advantage of that.
0: Well, I appreciate it, dog. Um, one thing I will say is that um those guys will not be signing autographs. So what, what we want to make sure that we understand is you get an opportunity to meet these guys, which should be, you know, more important than getting something written down on a piece of paper or a mini helmet um should so get a chance to take a picture with these guys um things like that but it's an introduction to sports advantage first and foremost and so those guys obviously they're they're partners of mine um and they believe in our mission uh, that what we're going to do in the state of wisconsin um the mission is growing we've got a lot of different things in the hopper right now which is really exciting uh, which we will start to kind of release over the next couple of weeks and months but um that's really exciting so dog we got to sharpening your edge version of the podcast today. We're talking about Coach Mary uh, and Alec Rosner a little bit here, uh, just some of the messages they sent and, and what they talked about. And the first one with Mary Dino you know, is, you know, how her life experiences molded her into who she is today. And I think, you know, as coaches, that that's, that's really how we build our coaching philosophy, right? The things that we learned, whether it was growing up you know, for me, I, you know, I can just share for me growing up, you know, with my, you know, with my father and and whatnot, it was hard work. You know, you got to outwork people. And that was something that was instilled in me in a young age. Um, It sounded like that same thing with Mary, Um, but you can't hide from the work. And that was something that, you know, my dad taught me as, as a young athlete, you know, every night, You know, we would, after dinner, we would go in the backyard and we'd throw the football around, you throw the baseball around, you go, you know, you'd have to shoot free throw, whatever it was, you had to do something to make yourself better uh, in your craft. And, you know, the other part of that, I I always, I think we as, as male coaches and athletes, you want to talk about how your father impacted you as an athlete, but I got to give a huge shout out to my mother, Zobat, who impacted me as a person and how you treat people, Um, that doesn't mean that you're always, you know, soft and gentle with people, things like that. Um, but you treat people with respect, uh, respect is earned. Um, you're a good person. You you do things that can help other people. You give, you know, more than, you know, you're expected to give. Um, and that's just kind of my coaching philosophy. And a lot of times, you know, I got two messages on Instagram today, you know, they saw, for those of you that haven't seen, we had a post that was shared on the Westside barbell, Um, Instagram page about dynamic effort training. And I've gotten a ton of different uh, messages from various coaches. And, you know, I spend the time, you know, I don't even know who these people are. I've never met them, Dean, ever, ever met some of these people. But at the end of the day, you know, they're like we were, you know, they're looking for help. They're looking for knowledge. They're looking for the why. So as a coach that believes that we need to do our part to build our profession, um, that's something that I, you know, I feel like it's a little bit of the extra mile. Sometimes you go in and help these people out. And so, you know, big shout out to my mother because she instilled that in me as a young kid. What about you?
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That, you know, you bring that up because everybody has a story, right? Brian, yep. you know, everybody is going through something. And I think, you know, with the pandemic, what happened with the pandemic is we're seeing a lot of more mental health and anxiety and, and a lot of kids that are depressed right now. So everybody has a story. And I think, you know, us as coaches, us in the field of helping people, whether you're a teacher, you're a coach, you know, you're in a business sector, or if you're in the public sector, is everybody's got a why. And and the reason why I wanted to be a teacher, I wanted to be a coach, because I thought a lot of the experiences that I had uh, prior to to getting employed were things that were i would be able to relate with children and and to into high school kids and middle school kids and and whoever was the people that were in my life and i think those experiences are important because other people are dealing with those same situations and right. when they're yeah. feel comfortable with a, with an adult that is can help them in those situations i think you know that's game changing stuff Brian, you know, and that's what we try to, to really understand. And I think my experiences, my mom is incredible. I'm just like you. I'm pretty much, she pretty much raised me and, and, and she's my rock. Yeah, she is. I mean, some of the meals that she gripes. She continues to to, <laughs> to do a ton of stuff for myself, my family. Yeah. She likes to come up now that she's retired and make a couple lunches every week. And she continues to do that. And And she is probably the most selfless individual that i know i mean well, dean
0: i mean i remember constantly. when 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 Corey yep. and i when we went to hit the chain of the lakes right we were going to go on the water for the day where you and tracy were having me and my wife Corey. Yes. your mom was there she's like hey i'd like to you know because i hear about this guy that you talked to on the phone for the last 20 years she was up there and she made us a nice meal i mean what a, it just awesome sorry yeah, to interrupt but yeah she's no,
1: and that's a, just one example. And she, she does that to to lots of people that are, you know, in my inner circle, people that are important in my development and that are friends of myself or my family. And she just enjoys giving back. And, you know, that was the biggest lesson I've learned from her is, you know, hope others and good things will come to you. And uh, my dad, on the other hand, it was a little bit different situation. You know, I, I grew up, they, they, they had a divorce between my freshman and sophomore year, and I remember what that felt like when I was in high school. It was devastating, even though I was old enough to know that, you know, it was time. It was not a healthy relationship, so I can relate with kids there. Uh, My father, I'm very open. I I tell it to my my students all the time and my athletes that, you know, my dad was an alcoholic. So I've been in that situation, and I know other kids have been, in that situation as well maybe they weren't alcoholics their fathers but maybe maybe they put a lot of pressure on them you know to, to play athletics or to do really good in school and and I learned from that and I took some of that negativity uh-huh. and you know I turn it around to be a positive and I think experiencing those things really helped me become the person I am and I become a better teacher and a better coach because of those experiences and I'm I'm very vulnerable and letting kids know that this, this is what happened. We're not perfect. Teachers, coaches aren't perfect. And you can't fear failure and failure is what helps us all grow. And I think, you know, Mary's experience when she said, you know, being an athlete, being a coach, then she got that competitive bug and got back into competitive lifting. And she's trying to make the Olympic team and, you know, and be in the Olympics and you only live once. Like she said, if I don't take advantage of this opportunity, I can't fear failure and I can't fear change. And she left a job that she really enjoyed and she is going all in. And this is an opportunity. Anybody that has gone into the Olympics understands that you do a lot of hard work for an opportunity to train. Correct. And, And she's not afraid of failure, but she doesn't want any regrets and she doesn't want to look back later on in life. So Another thing I would just want to throw out there is I learned lessons from my grandpa. You know, I was talking to an athlete the other day and he told me how much of his grandpa and his grandma are so important in his life. And that made me think right away of, you know, when in the summer I was working for my grandpa and I remember working for a dollar an hour in, in the summer, picking stones, bailing hay. And that experience wasn't about the money. It was teaching me the value of hard work. And that's something that you talked about with your dad. And I think there's something to that. I think the reason why Sports Advantage is very successful, Fox Valley Throws Club, and what we do and the impact we make on kids. And that's the reason why we do this podcast is because both of us are extremely hard workers. And that's the message that I try to teach to the people that I know, because people that are very successful, they're always working hard. They always have that growth mindset, Brian.
0: Well, I think one of the things that you share, Dean, is being vulnerable with with your athletes and sharing like the truth, yes. you know, um, and I share the story of why Sports Advantage was formed. I mean, I was going through a divorce myself, you know, and I had to make the choice of of doing what I thought my first job was, was to be a father and to, to make sure that I had the impact i that I could on my, on my three wonderful boys versus staying in a job that I absolutely loved. You know, it was uh, it, it was obviously I was thinking about that today when I was driving into the gym, honestly, um, about, you know, that was the hardest probably decision of my life. But at the end of the day, and and it, I preface it when I tell the story to our athletes or to people that ask is I was going through a divorce, which that word is probably more common in today's day and age than it was, Probably you know, even when I went through it, you know, 10 years ago. Um, there's a level of, you know, that, that fear of that we talk about fear of failure. I mean, you know, when you start to think about that, you think about, you know, maybe, you know, that, that, that was a failure, you know, the, the marriage didn't work, which, you know, better or worse. I think it turned out our kids are very lucky. My kids are very lucky with what they have right now. Um, you know, they have a mother that, that does an incredible job, taking care of them. And they have an incredible stepmother and my wife right now who acts, you know, as the ultimate resource for them. You know, um, I, I just a quick off topic there. You know, one of the coolest things that I can share about my wife is she was like, I don't want to discipline your kids. I want to be a resource for them. I want to be someone that they can talk to. Um, I don't want to get in the middle of, of this and that, but I want to be someone that if they you know, need to talk about some different things that maybe they don't feel comfortable right out of the gate talking about their mom and dad because there are things that high school kids go through that maybe they're not comfortable with. Um, she's been an incredible resource for it. So we're very lucky that we have that um, within our family. But, it, it, you know, that that fear of failure sometimes can really get to the kids. And I think as coaches, you know, if we take away that that persona that, hey, we're perfect, that we don't make any mistakes. You know, um, you know, some of the best things I've learned from Steve Jones is to, Hey, be honest with the kids. Hey, I didn't do that very well. Hey, I can, I got to do better with that as a coach. When you share that with your athletes, I think they're more apt to take ownership in some of the things that maybe they're not doing well. Maybe they're not doing well in class. And instead of blaming the, the teacher, if they've learned that from their coaches and their role models that, Hey, I'm not doing it up to the level that I should have, or I made a bad decision here. I think your athletes are are more apt to do that. And I think, um, you know, that kind of leads into, you know, the second part of what we want to talk about with Mary is, you know, she was an athlete first and then she turned into a coach. And I think we learn and we take so much of our, um, athletic experiences and bring them into our coaching. I know I do, you know, I had, I mean, I was, Incredibly fortunate to grow up and and play for a, a legend in Wisconsin basketball, John Shelton. Um, you know, the lessons I learned from him. And then obviously, you know, <laughs> went to UW Oshkosh and, and and played for Coach Lechner, who was a legend, you know, in Division three baseball. And I think that the best part about playing for guys like that for me, and I think, you know, when Mary talked about what she learned, is not only you learn a lot of the good things um, about, you know, how to handle athletes and things like that. Sometimes you learn things that maybe you don't want to do and things like that. And there were a lot of options and a lot of things that I learned from Coach Shelton and Coach Lechner, but there were a few things I was like, as a player, I was like, I don't know about that. Maybe, maybe I would do it a little different. And I think that's what makes coaching very unique. And so many coaches, you know, have had athletic experiences, right? That's why we coach, you know, typically we're an athlete and, and most of us, you know, aren't good enough to get paid to play. So we find a different way to, to kindle that competitive spirit and we take coaching. So I think it's really important to, to take your athletic experiences, bring them into your coaching style, pull those different people that have led you. Um and, and kind of mold it into your philosophy as a coach. What about you?
1: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I remember a Phi Ed teacher I had in middle school, uh, Jake Jensen, who was an incredibly positive influence on me. I just, you know, I cherished the ground. He walked on and, and I just loved, you know, I was big in athletics and the attention he gave me and the life lessons that, you know, I learned from him. There was another um, teacher in that same building it was named Bill Beister. And Bill Beaster was a tech ed teacher. And he was always holding us accountable as athletes and um always pushing us. I remember in the morning, some teachers would come in and the faculty would play us in basketball. And every morning, like on every Tuesday, all during the winter. And it was just awesome. I, I looked forward to it so much is we would have a bunch of the middle school athletes taking on the teachers. And just for fun, just like pickup, just like going to the YMCA. And I'll never forget those times. And those guys would make sure we played the game right. We respected the game. We competed hard. I mean, we were trying to beat them. They were trying to beat us. Sometimes it'd be them against us. Sometimes we would intermix. And those experiences were just incredible. You talk about your coach and Tom Lechner and your baseball experience. Tom Lechner was a student teacher. When I was at Webster Middle School, oh wow! And I remember at lunchtime we would be playing horse, and at lunch and we would just be having a great time. And I would be going against him, and and I still remember that. And his kids ended up playing football for us at Kimberly That's High School and won the state championship. And we still talk about it. Yeah, but just that influence, you know, this is the reason why I wanted to be a physical education teacher. Why I wanted to be a coach. My experience with uh, Coach Shady, Frank Shady, Oshkosh North High School, Hall of Fame coach. He was Hall of Famer as a player in the state of Wisconsin and a coach, you know, played for the Kansas City Kings in in the old NBA, you know, professional basketball there. So, you know, Eau Claire legend. He was my basketball coach at Oshkosh North High School. And I just remember he came in my junior year and he – succeeded mark christensen who i thought was an incredible coach and i just had a great relationship with him too and he was such a positive influence but he was there sweeping you talk about sweeping the sheds he was sweeping the floor all the time he was cleaning the backboards. he was giving us the best opportunity so i learned so much about just being prepared and and being ready to go and he was doing that for us as far as every practice or every open gym And he was doing the work and he's just an incredible hard worker. And he knew every athlete had more in them. And he was constantly pushing us and getting us out of our comfort zone to get better. And then when I graduated high school and I went to college Mm -hmm. and I got my teaching job, I had an opportunity to teach with him, which was an unbelievable experience. So I was sharing an office with Frank Shady, who was head basketball coach still at Oscars North, even when I was teaching there. And Steve Jorgensen, who was the football coach. So I got to learn just a tremendous amount, not only from them as coaches, but as teachers and colleagues as well. And those experiences really helped shape me into being the person that, you know, I continue to be. And along with a lot of other coaches and teachers as well.
0: No, that's awesome, dog. And, you know, huge shout out to his daughter, Nikki, who we got to coach, you know, uh, in, in track. And so, um, You know, I think, you know, as a coach, you have to take those experiences, you know, as an athlete and and you have to, you know, utilize them because kids today are going through what we went through. um, And we have to just be able to share those and and help them through it because, you know, everything isn't all, you know, fun and roses for the kids. They're going to go through tough times and you have to kind of fall back on tough times. And, and a lot of times they like hearing, Hey, I went through that. Hey, I had to go through that. Hey, when I did this, this is what helped me. And so, you know, being vulnerable with your kids, I think is ultra important. If you want to build a relationship, which that's what coaching is.
1: Yes, Brian. And a big thing, I, as you get older and more experienced like yourself and myself, and, and you've been around a while,
0: you're older you, than me,
1: little bit, little bit, <laughs> and uh, you start to see some of these guys that you've coached that are come back and now they've become teachers and coaches. And I think the biggest thing I always hear from them is boy, this coaching gig is really difficult. Yep. And they really realize what coaches do and the impact that they have on athletes. And it's not as so much as I was a basketball player, football player, baseball player, whatever sport they played. It's not as easy as just, Hey, I played. Now I can be a great coach being a great coach. Is you have to have wear so many hats and you are really truly have to understand and you know and continue to grow because it is very difficult. And any kind of impact, positive impact you can make on these people uh, is going to be huge in their life. And it's going to probably end up being that those people eventually down the road are going to influence other people, athletes that they are that are going to become coaches and teachers, etc. More importantly, the big picture is they're all going to be fathers probably someday, or they're going to continue to be, you know, family members. And how are they going to grow and be the best person that they can be?
0: Yeah, I think that personal development is is the most important part of all this, all this athletics game that yes. that we talk about strength and conditioning sports. Well, you know, what kind of person are you going to be? What kind of impact you're going to make on other people's lives? And we know as coaches, that that's that's the best way to impact as many people as we can with our skill set. You know what I mean? And so um kudos to all our coaches out there because it's not easy. Um, it's a constant judgment battle on a day-to-day basis. Um, the age of social media has put you on blast every day because you never know when some you know crazy parent is just gonna go off on a Twitter rant or on a you know, Facebook or Instagram rant about something that you did in open that they probably don't have the whole story to, um, because most parents aren't at every practice. They don't understand, you know, the ins and outs of what's going on, things like that. Um, dog, the other person that we, you know, wanted to touch on was Alec Rosner, former Kimberly athlete, state champion, part of the 70 game win streak. Um, and I think, you know, the, the, the best part about Alec that, that, um, that I listened to is that he made sacrifices for the team um, to be a part of a championship team um, when he was maybe not playing the position that, that maybe he wanted to. Um, And it goes back to what we talked about. Jalen hurts. Sounds like he did his job on a daily basis. And when his number was called, he was ready for that. And we see so much today in sports, you know, parents, athletes, my kids should be here, you know, so, you know, I see this in, in, in AAU and travel, you know, whatever my kid's not playing here. So we're going to switch. We're going to go somewhere else or we're going to quit, you know, he's not playing this. So he's going to quit. And what you're doing is one, you're teaching your kid probably the worst lesson possible is when things don't go your way, you just quit. Um, which is kind of in our, in our culture today, which is sad. Um, but, at the end of the day, um, you know, in different sports, like let's look at basketball, like you want to get your best five guys on the court. Now, let's be realistic. If you have three really good guards or four really good guards, um, you you may not be able to start all four of those guys, just from a size standpoint, based on the team you're playing. Um, in football, you may have five or six really good skill players, okay, well, maybe depending on the offense, you're not going to be able to play everybody um, or start everybody, you know, or if you have like two or three really good quarterbacks, you know, and I know Alex was a quarterback, you know, backup quarterback. Well, he may have not have been the best quarterback, but he was still one of the best skill guys you guys had, so you guys got to find a way to get him on the field. And athletes, you need to hear this. The ability to play – is the most important part of this whole deal, okay? If someone's better than you in a position, find another position so you can play, like so you can get on the field uh, versus sitting on the sidelines and pouting because you're not playing the position you wanna play. Uh, That's selfish. Um, And there's really no part in that in successful programs, right? The reason you guys have a successful program and the reason the most successful programs in our state, there's common themes, it's selflessness, right? we're playing to win. We're playing to grab a gold ball. We're playing to play a camp Randall. Um, And so however we get there, you know, we're going to figure out a way to do that. And so Alex obviously knew that that was his path that year. Um, And so athletes take note of that. You're not always going to play the position you want to play. Someone may be better than you, but if you have the opportunity to contribute, go contribute at the highest level you can contribute. And then, after the year's over, go try and win the position that you think that you, that you have. I just, I, I, I see that so much, Dean, and it's really frustrating. And parents drive that right now. Parents are driving that more than the kids are because most kids at 15, 16 years old, don't have it in their head to quit like that, you know, because most of the time, the reason they're playing a sport, like if I'm playing a sport at Kimberly Dean is because I want to like I want to be with Coach Manche. I want to be with Coach Mangan. I want to hang out with my buddies that, you know, that we're doing all this stuff together that I grew up playing with. Um, but all of a sudden people start talking to them, well, you should be playing quarterback. How come you're not playing quarterback? So then that gets in their head. I, I mean, kids aren't kids aren't old enough to think that way. It gets into their head by other people. Sorry, it's a rant because I see it all the time.
1: No, that Brian, it's it's true. You, I, you know, People are always looking for an out. You know, something's not going their way. I'm going to jump to, to this different baseball team or or this different AU basketball team. I think, you know, some of the reason why these, you know, these all-star teams and, and came about in AU is to get better competition. Right. And then a person gets better competition around and then they quit. And then they look for the, the path of least resistance and go to a, a different team where they could play, which doesn't make sense because you're looking to be, Come the best version of yourself. And the only way you do that is to get around better athletes than you. So they push you to increase your game. And I give um Alec a ton of credit. He just kept watering it, like we say in our program, he just kept with it. And yeah, basketball was his favorite sport, but just because he wasn't a star right away in football didn't mean he was gonna quit a sport and then just played one sport and put all of his eggs in one basket. He continued to work hard, be patient. He changed positions. I don't can't remember. There's probably about four of our quarterbacks, their junior of the year, that played a different position before they were the starter on our team. So it, it it's something that is very common, at least in our program. And people change positions and people grow from year to year dramatically. And you have to understand is body types switch. You know, you got depth in these positions. Maybe you don't have this. So you not only have to think of the individual skills and what they can do to be the best fit for those individuals, but you got to think of the team as well. There's a reason why teams win championships is because they work as a team. And a lot of the all-star teams that they've tried to put together aren't successful at the professional level. They get all the great talent, they put them together, and then they cannot work together, and therefore they're not successful. We see that all the time, and people try to buy that, the professional leagues, right? We're going to buy this team, and we're going to get all these great people. Sometimes it works, but most of the time it doesn't, Brian. Yeah, and and Alec was just a great example of that, and I give him so much credit in – for him to be that patient and to really sit down and have those conversations. And I, I remember Alec talking to Coach Jones about it. He didn't sit there and, you know, obviously it bugged him. He's a competitor. But he went down and he went after Coach Jones and talked to him. He initiated a contact and he said, Hey, you know, what do I need to do? Give me some advice. What do you think's best for myself? What do you awesome. think's best for the team? And he took that advice. He didn't run from it. It wasn't parents calling in, complaining. It wasn't, hey, if I don't do this or I don't get my way, I'm going to quit. It was, what can I do to help myself become better? Because Alec was smart. He knew playing the sport of football and being a multi-sport athlete was only going to help him as far as his main sport, which was basketball. And he has even said, that now that he's a collegiate, athlete and playing basketball and he went to winona graduated and now he's at western illinois that that really helped him be much better at that next level which we know is obviously a much more difficult level brian
0: well dean i can use a couple examples so i'm reading mamba mentality right kobe bryant book
1: right i'm actually
0: on my i'm actually on my second time through it just to try and pick up um some more things one of the things that i you know that he talked about in that book is when he played for the for the u.s olympic team And Kobe's direct quote in the book is something of the fact that I knew that scoring wasn't going to be our problem. Like you have the best scorers in the NBA. He said, talked about how he could make an impact on the team by doing different things than just scoring. Okay. And, you know, everybody looks at, you know, wants to see their name in the paper and things like that. That wasn't his main goal. His main goal was to win a gold medal. You know what I mean? And so, t- I mean, now you're talking about the best player in the world, probably at that time, okay? You can argue LeBron was, okay? But you have, okay, one of the best two players in the world that says scoring wasn't his priority. You know, finding ways to make the team better and co- cohesive. And I can go back to the 92 dream team. If I'm not mistaken, Dean, I think Charles Barkley was the leading scorer, not Michael Jordan, you know? So when you have leaders... That, you know, yeah, they want to be out in front, they want to, you know, they, they want to be the leaders, but where winning and getting the job done is more important than their name in the paper. Because at the end of the day, we know this, Dean. Like if you're a co- if you're a high school kid, you want to get recruited, your team better be you, you better be pretty good, right? You're gonna get more eyes on you, the better your team is. Okay. Because again, you're gonna get more exposure, you're gonna get more opportunities. You're gonna play more games. Um, and that kind of leads Dean into the the second part about Alec is like, I mean, I know I joke about this with you a lot, right? And I, I think we all know that it's fun because I have the ultimate respect for your program because of I know where the program was when you walked in the door. And I know, you know, what it took for you to build two programs. you You guys have done it twice. you know what I mean? Um, and there's been, you know, numerous coaches that have had impact on that, both at Oshkosh North and at Kimberly. Um, just in, in high school, being a 16 to 17, 18 year old, kind of the pressure of playing in that program where the expectations are high. And I love, you know, the Rex Ryan, you, you know, the, and I'm not going to quote it because it's obviously pretty vulgar but you want expectations to be high. Like you don't want to be an underdog. That means you're not that, you know, you want to have the target on your back because that means you're the best and you want to be in that successful program. But we've seen in culture today, and we've talked about it quite a bit today is that a lot of kids want to shy away from that. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't want that That pressure of we want a state championship last year. We want to or go a step farther. Right look at like a program, like a Duke basketball or a Kentucky basketball or Alabama or Georgia football. Okay. Georgia's won two national championships. What do you think the pressure in that locker room is right now? You know, and my guess is that at those programs like Alabama and, and Georgia, those kids are thriving on that. I want that opportunity, but there's a lot of pressure that goes with being in those programs. And so your kids feel it too. I mean, you went five years in a row without losing a football game. And for, yeah, uh, right. you, I mean, know, yeah, you know, there's
1: no doubt about it. And I think a lot of parents put a lot of pressure on kids. just yeah. so it. Whether it's, hey, you know, you need to get a scholarship or you got to get a scholarship or, you know, your team's got to be successful or whatever it is. I mean, pressure is, you know, like Coach Jones says, is a privilege. And, you know, when we were going through our, our run, I never forget that, Steve Jones in any meeting never brought up the goal was ever to win a state championship or to repeat as a state championship, you know, a state champion. It was never about that. You know, we. it's all about the process and obviously trying to get better, having a growth mindset and continuing just to try to get the most out of our athletes and to get the most out of our team. And just like, you know, we were lucky enough to, you know, and fortunate enough to win the state championship this year. And we're very happy. You know, we're very happy of the success that we had. But we can't be satisfied. We can't be satisfied. The athletes can't be satisfied. And now the new team for next year is zero and zero. So, yeah, we enjoyed our success. We should, we're we very proud of our success because of the all the hard work that the athletes and the coaches and everybody involved in the program. But we can't be satisfied. And that's what it's all about. And it's not about winning a state championship next year. It's all about let's just become the best group of individuals, the best team that we can, and let's continue to stay hungry. And the cards are going to fall where they may, Brian. Right. And that, that's very important for kids to understand. I think sometimes, you know, when that senior group leaves, kids think, wow, there's no way we can win a state championship because we are going to lose 15 of the 22 starters. Well. We've had that situation a lot of years in a row, and it's a great opportunity. Like you said, next man up. The exciting part of my job is who are those individuals that are going to step up, and those are excellent opportunities for these kids to be the next person to win a starting job or to get some extra playing time or go from the third string person to the second string person. And it's awesome opportunities. And look at Brock Purdy right now for the San Francisco 49ers. He has an opportunity. Chad Henning got thrown in and he had an opportunity. And obviously, these people were prepared. So, for all the athletes out there, are you prepared when your opportunity arrives? Are you going to be prepared? And that is key. I always tell our athletes someday you're going to be in a job interview. Are you going to be prepared? for that opportunity when you're a father someday are you going to be prepared and are you can continue to be the best father you can be and it's the same way as a teammate what kind of teammate are you going to be we need people to step up we lost a lot of great leaders every year a team is going to change their dynamics who are going to be the people that are going to be the leaders and take charge and being a leader you got to get out of your comfort zone brian it's difficult being a leader, but you yeah. can learn and get those skills to become a better leader. Think of every father out there. You have, you are a, have to be a leader in your family. You made a choice, Brian, to be done as a strength conditioning coach for the Wisconsin Badger football program, and start a whole different career, a whole different business. And you had to make that choice. You are the leader of your family. And so we are forced into these roles and everybody is going to be a leader in some kind of organization, team, family situation, and you want to become the best leader you can be.
0: Well, and it starts by preparing before you are a leader. You know, you're, you know, you're in the situation. If you're listening to this right now in 2023 by your actions of the last two years. So if you're a senior in high school um, you're where you're at right now by the work you've put in when you were a sophomore and junior and freshman. So to, to our coaches out there, you've got to instill this mindset. You, Your freshmen walk into the door, um, you're preparing them for two or three years down the road. And if you're an athlete and you're thinking, well, when it's my time, I'm going to really put in my time's too late. It's too late. You know, you've got to put in the time. Now you got to put in the belief now that it's going to happen for you. And you have to trust in, you know, the process that you're involved in. And at the end of the day, if you just wait and I, you know, we saw this at Wisconsin too, you know, and we see it with, with college athletes, right? They finish their four years. What's next for them? Pro day, combine prep. Oh, I'm going to really dial in my nutrition. I'm going to just really, why haven't you been doing it for four years? Like why haven't you been getting eight to nine hours of sleep? Why haven't you been eating breakfast every day? Why haven't you been packing a lunch? to take to school every single day because those habits that you build on uh, they become you know whether or not you're successful or not as you go into it you can't just wait till the time and then really over it's like cramming for a test you know athletic development is not you can't cram for your athletic development it's got to be a work in process and progress so message to the coaches instill that in your freshman whether it's college um, high school, whatever it is, very few kids walk in the door as college freshmen that can play, and even less in high school. So here's our process, guys. Um, you know, you're going to build, and you're going to work, and you're going to be on the freshman team. You're going to be on the JV team. Um, you may be a backup, but when you're a senior, you know, whatever it is, you may- when you're a senior, you may get to play. Um, <clears throat> it's got to be a, a built-in process, and if you wait, if you wait, you're late. You know what I mean? So, Dog, anything else we got going on here?
1: No, I just want to let our listeners know we're going to be at the Wisconsin Track Clinic. Obviously, you're going to be speaking at Conjugate. Conjugate, baby. You're going to be going there. I'm going to be there uh, and listening to all the presentations and uh, not only see your presentation, but Coach Ebel and Coach Delzer. So, I know we're going to have some listener coaches that friends of ours that are going to be there. You know, make sure you come on up. Let's have some conversations, any feedback that you have or guests that you have for the Get Your Edge podcast. You know, we're always looking for some feedback and uh, and have those conversations. And one of the reasons why we do and go to clinics and conferences is to build those relationships and get those connections with coaches. So we're very fortunate for all of our listeners that are out there. And then one last big kudos, our first guest, we love to death, Brian, Alec Ingold is yeah. coming up with a book. So if you are not on social media, whether it's through Twitter or Instagram, following Alec Ingle, make sure you follow him because the pre-order book is is coming out here and it's going to be a great book. I mean his story and you know what he has gone through and the accomplishments that he, he has gone through as far as or accomplished, you know, as far as being a walk on at Wisconsin and changing positions and going to the Oakland Raiders, or Las Vegas Raiders, my mistake, having an injury, all this stuff that he's had to overcome, and then had an unbelievable year with the Miami Dolphins, it's going to be an incredible book, so
0: if... Dean, I mean, our first two guests have books out, so we have, you know, one of our guests is probably going to get inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame here in a couple weeks, so if you want success in your life, you probably want to be on our podcast is what's really the message here, right? Love it. You know, love it. We, you know, one of our guests was, you know, we have Super Bowl champions, you know, we've got all kinds of, you know, you want to, you want to be successful in life. You better hop on here and share some information with our guests. Um, One, one shout out too, is, you know, we're, we're very lucky Dean. We're going to get to go travel and see some different schools. So we'll be sharing our experiences with that. We're not going to share the schools we're going to yet until after we go there, but you know, myself, your staff, our staffs collaborate a lot. Um, so we're very fortunate um, to have that scenario. Yeah, the seven crucibles from Alec ingold you can pre-order that. Um, and then in a couple of weeks, uh, Coach Bot is heading back to Westside Barbell for some great stuff coming out. So look for that at the end of the month. Track Clinic, uh, I speak at 1030 on Friday. Come listen about how we use the conjugate method with athletes. Athletes, remember, you can feed the cats and load your dogs in the same program. Chop it!